So, you've taken someone else's nostalgia. Don't panic, we can help. White men in masks are heroes, but black men in masks are scary. Thank God times have changed. Yeah, thank God. It is extremely difficult to be a white man in America right now, so some are going to just try to be a blue one. We are talking HBO's Watchmen Season 1, Episode 7, and Almost Religious Awe. The After Buzz After Show starts right now. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV Talk. She is Maria Menounos. I am Dr. Manhattan. I just couldn't You wait. are Dr. Manhattan. Because I knew Nate would say that first, and I had to beat Nate to the punch. I mean, let's make sure. I brought a hammer here as a prop oh, for this. Just right. kidding. Wow. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but they weren't kidding on this week's no. episode. They were not They were kidding. not messing kidding. around whatsoever. This show continuously surprises me. I, I would love to say our predictions are right, but they are not. We are tip of the iceberg predictors at this point. Mm. And by we, I mean me. And by me, I mean us three. We are the panel of HBO's Watchmen. We are talking season one, episode seven. And almost religious awe, and I personally am almost religiously in awe of this show. Oh, I have to say that. I couldn't have said it better, Tehran. This show is absolutely amazing. Yes. It's not just my opinion. Mm, we it's will factual. get to that later in this week's episode as we after show it all the way now. If you don't know who I am, I am Tehran. I am joined by an illustrious panel. I'm a DC watcher, but I'm not the only one. All the way to my left's left, Nate is in the building. To the left, to the left. Yeah, to the left, to the left, to the window, to the wall. That is Nate. Nate is the historical, uh, accurate like DC interpreter. That is exactly who you are. I'll take that. That is a thing. That is a real thing. It's that a- is, DC called me and was like, who? Ring, ring. Wow. And it was Nate. They said Nate. Wow. Nate yes, was. that is the thing. That's actually... Actually, makes a lot of sense. I don't know if, if it was you know DC, DC Comics or you... Washington DC. I'm not oh, sure, wow. but it was someone, it's someone from DC, something up. DC. They said DC Direct Current. I'm not sure, but to my left, but Nate's right. Nate's right is our cultural attaché. Ryan Nilsson is in the building. So happy to be here, y'all. I too am in religious awe this episode, and I'm in a little bit of an awe because we don't have Drew today. But it is Miller time, and we're with the one and only Tehran. This episode was absolutely amazing. One of the best twists. Yes, we might have predicted something like this, but we didn't know who was aware of you thought Calvin twist. was Doctor Manhattan? Please stop speaking. I didn't I, say that. I said Nate that. did. Nate but we did not know something. that Angela no, was aware. I said Cal is Doctor Manhattan. He did. He did predict that, but <laughs> we did, did not predict that. that Angela was aware. So it's just massive no, twists on that. Twists. I had. I did not. I predicted think. it too. This show is great, and <laughs> I'm in the chat, just, y'all. No, it's on. It's it's there. We I'm can, in the chat, y'all. Please comment away your thoughts on this episode. Let's do this. We're going to get into overall thoughts on this week's episode, and we're going to get into this debate on who predicted it first. However, we will be breaking this down as thus. Dr. Manhattan's montage, Angela in Vietnam, Grandma June, we got that tidbit on nostalgia. Beyond, that was a very good twist. Did you predict that too, Nate Miller? No, you did not. Manhattan Boots, I hate Nate Miller. Millennium Clock, Agent Blake, 7th Cavalry Plan, Adrian's Trial, that subplot is developing and going further and more confusing than ever. The big reveal, of course, which we've revealed since the beginning of this after show, Calvin is Dr. Manhattan. Our special segment, Buy or Sell, where we buy and sell something from the show. 
the most favorite part and the least favorite part, even though our least favorite part tends to still be an extremely favorite part. True. And news and gossip, we have some great news and gossip. You're going to want to stay tuned. This concept of how Watchmen came to be, what it is today, predictions, and so much more. Overall thoughts, I need to know what your overall thoughts on this week's HBO's Watchmen Season 1, Episode 7, and Almost Religious Awe, Nate Miller. Uh, this is my favorite show on TV right now. Mm. This episode was incredible. Best one they have had so far. You've said that every single week. It's, they, it's, it somehow has gotten better and better, and they have done an incredible job at setting up these mysteries that have payoffs while still having mystery. And, like, we've learned so much about what's going on, and we still have no idea what's really going on we know nothing yeah and that's just it's really difficult to do that and execute that very well and i want to give them props because they've done an incredible job i still like like we said like you know you predicted some things some things there are a lot of clues to but still how those things are going to apply to the general story i have no idea and yeah i just i love it the performances are great the use of color to show like the old memories versus the new memories and like just the overall cinematography and the score. This show is just like the whole package. So yeah, and I'm to just going to gush fair, every week to be very fair because Nate needs this. <laughs> Nate has predicted several things that seemed unpredictable at the time. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to claim credit for these, addic- these we get it, man. predictions. You I, predicted I, it. No, I, you, you're getting credit. You're you not go. trying to claim credit. Nate predicted it. The show starts off. Nate's like, I called it. I said it. Just, okay, Nate, we get it. Right. You, we hear you. Thanks. saw it coming. I feel but the rest now. of us, I felt, were shocked. Right? Were you amongst the shocked? Overall thoughts, I think Cal Abar went to medical school in Manhattan, and he is Dr. Manhattan. I'm, I was blown away by this episode. Okay, this was... Amazing writing, great twists on twists. You just cannot see it coming. I love this show so much. It is the best show on TV. Uh, constantly just keeping you on your toes. This, this, it's, it's, it's incredible. I absolutely love it. Every character is so developed, and it's a huge cast when you, when you think about it. Like, there's just so many people in this ensemble, and just the amount of payoffs of little tiny details that have been in the corner, and how just no matter if you're a big fan, if you've seen, if you've read the graphic novel, seen the movie, or just coming in fresh, there's always something there for you, and you can view this show in so many different ways. It's been written in such a special way that any viewer can get something unique out of it. I am absolutely in love with Watchmen. My biggest critique of this show yeah. is that it is not the comic book. It is an extension. It is an addition. And it is the best of both. It makes me question my own personal intelligence <laughs> because I watch this show and think to myself... This is so brilliant. Where did they even begin Mm -hmm. to create this Mm storyline? It is the most intriguing, compelling television. I say this every week, and I stand by it every single week on television itself. Mm -hmm. It raises the bar so high that every other comic book TV show, especially DC shows, which are usually some of the best, it raises the bar so high that all of them fail in comparison. That's high praise. You know, I'm a producer here. Tehran does more superhero TV after shows than any host here. So the fact that you're saying that, that is the highest the praise. Best. I am that is huge. An avid watcher of all these shows. I'm mm-hmm. an avid 
watcher and purveyor of both DC and Marvel. Yeah. I've praised DC television shows while condemning the movies. I did love Watchmen the movie, even though a lot of people who were avid fans did not like it because of the interpretation, but I understood and was happy that the movie got made because it could have yeah. easily been overlooked. Right. Watchmen, for many ratings-wise, was a form of Guardians of the Galaxy in the DC world. It was something that for was sure. looked over by the masses and consumed by the few mm-hmm. and, and understood by even less. Mm-hmm. So watching Watchmen now on television right. and watching it as we watch it as a group, watching it individually, and watching it where you literally have to digest this show. Mm. And the more you digest it, the more you realize how great it was. Yeah, the, the tidbits, the callbacks, the understanding. I have not waited for a single plot line to unfold on the show. Nate pointed it out earlier. We get so much information, and yet literally still know nothing. Like a day passes. Still, we, the more information we know, the less we actually yeah. know. Right. And that in itself, but not in a confusing way, not in a we don't understand what's happening way. We want to know more. Yeah, I think it's, it's just a master class on how to do a sequel because... No, 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 no. A sequel is actually is disrespectful to what the show is. I continue. It's not a sequel. I understand. understand, Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I sequel. You know what a sequel is? Fast and Furious Nine is a sequel. Yeah, but I don't. But I is a continuation. My argument would be that all of those Fast movies should not be considered sequels. They could just just they should be considered franchises. And that's why I mean a true definition of what a sequel is. They really demonstrate that they understand the source material at its core. And once they're able to do that. They can take these already existing Rocky characters. Creed Two is a sequel. This this is something else, my friend. I, this is I, something else. I agree with you. I mean, this I, is I, something else. I agree, it's something else. This Creed is not. Uh, this is not sequel. This is not even continuation. This is a universe that's been created, and I'll I'll explain. Let's look at it on the cinematography level that you were. Explaining. Well, yeah. Let me just give, give me one. I, I say all this, you know, choose whatever word you want. I say all this to say, just like you said, it's, it's like a new experience because they've taken the thing that made Watchmen, the comic book so powerful. Was it deconstructing these tropes that already existed within the comic book universe? Yeah. Right. And they have been able to not only keep those same things about comic book stuff, but also other things about television. They've been able to apply most times when you have comic adaptations that are either TV or movies, you lose something because there's certain storytelling tricks in comic books that it's very difficult to pull off. Uh, for example, something I noticed rewatching the episode today, they just do a great job of these things where they, they do the roll off narration where the voiceover starts in the other scene, but it's not just to help ease the transition or speed of edit along. It's because that important line of dialogue, it it's, relates thematically to the next scene just like yes. in the book with the nine panels so we're in agreement except yeah. for the word sequel if you want to call my mother a whore that's fine but do not call watchmen i'm fine i won't the hbo I'm not, show a sequel Toronto, I'm not do you understand hill. do you understand sure. yes. nate i feel like ozymandias is on that's trial fine. right now this is this is a thing 
Hold on. Guilty. Let me prepare my. Bring up a pig. Don't fart. Don't fart. <laughs> that was that was actually a scene where I felt that that was not unnecessary, and, and when it comes down to it, that will be the scene that I sell. But we'll get to that, of course. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, however. We're going to have to start with that Dr. Manhattan montage. Yes. Because I know that both Ryan and Nate have a lot to discuss regarding that beginning trope coming from the Dr. Manhattan, which we've seen this before, actually. We've seen something similar to this in the in the museum. So mm-hmm. here's the Dr. Manhattan trope. What were your thoughts? Jumping into the montage in Vietnam. In the beginning. The beginning where the... The, the statuesque was explaining the Dr. Manhattan story. Oh, got it, got it. Yeah, I mean... Well, what's so great, I was kind of alluding to this earlier, is, you know, there's so many viewers who haven't read the graphic novel, they haven't seen the movie, and they're coming into this. And there's a great uh, idea about this, that the original graphic novel, they're catching the reader up on what's happened with the Minutemen in the past. So if you're viewing the show, you're being caught up on what happened in that graphic novel. So what's so great about that, that opening montage is you're learning about the origin of Dr. Manhattan, and you've seen it if you've read it. But now you're getting it, again, firsthand. You're being brought up to speed, a a visualization. So I thought that was really interesting while also connecting it to, all right, this is what he did in the past. And now we're we're going into Vietnam in this beginning of this episode. We're having some flashbacks. And and what is Dr. Manhattan all about? What is he capable of? What happened to him? And I think that's really fascinating when you think about it. So, I mean, his origin, obviously, he went back to get his watch um, and he was locked into this container where this experiment was going on. He was obliterated, and then he brought himself back together, and he's now basically a god. I, I Really fascinating. It was extremely fascinating, and I liked how easily they did it without forcing it. Nate Miller, if you want to call my grandmother a prostitute, that's fine. If you call this a secret, we're going to fight. Okay. What were your thoughts? I already agreed not to, just so, just for the record. Just making sure. Okay. okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was... Uh, it's just a great storytelling tool to be able to have it be in universe like this documentary esque way, and just like you know, I just want to echo what he said. Like it was, a, I it's difficult for me being a longtime fan of Watchmen to kind of like see how someone who's not familiar with the movie or the book would, you know, anticipate a character like Doctor Manhattan, Manhattan without having the backstory. So I think this is a great way of establishing that. Also. It's just really cool that they are really weighing in on, like, the real-world implications of these type of events and, like, what it would be like if your country was, you know, if we did win the Vietnam War because we had what is essentially a god just walk over and just blow it to pieces until they surrendered. And and that, you know, that that whole story of, like, what is essentially, it seems like almost like a propaganda historical film right. leading into her backstory and seeing the festival and, you know, the bombing, obviously, and the people, how the people reacting... Uh, it was really powerful. Like it's something that hasn't even happened, but it's still I can. It's it's not that far away. Outside of the whole superhuman god thing, like the colonization of people, and like that's a very real thing that we are still dealing with the ramifications of. And Vietnam becoming the fifty first state. As watching that montage, was the montage accurate? Being someone who is a true yeah. student of the comic, yeah. Which is interesting because you know we we get we've had a little glimpses of other. Things on TV about other characters like, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting uh, the noose. What's it? The, the Hood Justice. Hood of Justice, you know, and they got that so wrong because we see the actual origin of Hood of Justice from uh, last week's episode. So it's interesting that, you know, they have one that one perfectly and then others not. So not so much. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's if it's perfect, but I think in terms of like it, 
I didn't notice any big inaccuracies. If there was some, uh, they went they went by me. Um, but one thing I did think was really cool is they showed the intrinsic field generator, and then later in the courtroom, the judge's like desk thing is the intrinsic field generator just turned on its side. Um, so it was cool to see nice. it in the like visual flashback in the beginning to have confirmation of like that's what it was. Totally, and that is actually very cool. I liked how seamless it was. It is a great tool because the concept is I'm. The viewer may not be so familiar, but now I'm getting caught up. Mm. And you, the student, are extremely familiar and are still on on board mm-hmm. and on the same page. It's great to see that happen. And if you want to call my aunt a stripper, Nate, please feel free to do so. But do if it. you say the word sequel, I will have to fight you. I'm just letting you know. Got it. When it comes to fighting, we also saw the fighting in Vietnam and, of course, America wins, thanks to the one and only Dr. Manhattan. That's the tidbit of how Angela is in Vietnam. Father is in the services. Mm-hmm. Mother is there. Vietnam is the 51st state. We understand that there are extreme opportunities in new states, and it goes from there. What were your thoughts on that storyline regarding Angela, her parents, and, of course, the movie Sister Night? Uh, it was a really, I mean, there's so many Easter eggs in that scene with like the different, uh, titles on the movies in there and stuff. Um, but seeing this, you know, this mystery of how she became Sister Knight has been an ongoing thing. So to now see where she got the name derived from and see her relationship with her parents. And we, I believe we had already known that she was orphaned. Um, we did. Yeah. Yeah. So she didn't have that happen. But we weren't as too. sure of how how right, the extent had... of of not only just the orphanage, however, the concept of the grandmother and all the interesting tidbits that we got in this particular storyline mm-hmm. in a flashback of a memory. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, shout out to Faith Herman, first off. That's the actress who played young Angela Abar. We've actually had her in studio. She is a delight. I was so excited to see her on screen. She's, she's in another good. DC property, Shazam, this year. So she's just killing it on all levels. Uh, I really love seeing this origin play out on screen. And, you know, with all this backstory on Angela's family, um, just going back to, you know, there's this whole lineage of being a police officer. And a lot of police officers, you know, they don't have many ties to family. And that that it plays into the reasoning behind their their move into justice. So it was interesting that she wanted to be a police officer before her parents perished, and then after that definitely played into her origin. Also, being Sister Knight with that with that cowl and everything, being inspired by a movie. It's so cool because the movie looked like her. Something that right. was also a nod towards representation. We see constant mm-hmm. social commentary being brought up, and we also see that the character. By the way. Can we all agree that the grandmother, young and old, seemed like the same person? Oh, yeah. For didn't sure. even, yeah. Didn't age a day. No, she, she aged, fell. but like, it looked yeah, like the but... same exact person. Like, we were, I, I honestly had to look it up to make sure that they actually? weren't. They were not the same actor. Oh, they weren't? They were not. Oh, I thought you were making a joke no, for no, a no, second. No. My mind belongs. That's, the, that's, that's a separate why actress? That is a separate actor. Wow. So Valerie Ross plays the grandmother, June. And that's why it was very, to me, it was very interesting. That casting. It, and so Daniel Deadweiler plays the June we've seen. Mm. And then Grandmother June is played by um, Valerie Ross. And that energy mm-hmm. and act 
characteristic was so comparable that I also thought they were the same, and I had to look it up. Wow. Great casting. We got some awesome chatter. We, we, first of all, we have like comments. almost 100 people in the chat right now, so thank you so much. This is Thank you so Sunday. much, but not enough. Make sure to share, subscribe, like, spread the word, tell your friends. Hit the like button. Uh, we had someone just asking, do you think Dr. Manhattan killed the grandmother? That's from Westworld. I mean, it's so fascinating because this is all happening in Vietnam at the time, and she did just kind of fall over. And uh, but we, we there's so many interesting. But tidbits. they brought up the heart attack, so I thought that that was a continuation of she had a heart attack, but she's fine. And now, it's and as soon one. as Angela's about to be saved yeah. in some way, and pulled out and pulled out, all of a sudden something all tragic. else happened. Tragic yeah. happened. But importantly, she and gets we get the just Tulsa. A, yeah, exactly. The oh. Tulsa word. Yeah. Or this because we hear. Well, we should go back to Tulsa. They're in New York. We should go to Tulsa. And now we see... We're in Vietnam, I mean. Let's yeah. go to Tulsa. And now we know why. Yeah. It's she gets just a, heart a hint of That's a little bit from. of her family, which she really doesn't know anything about because her dad never, you know, included his dad or his mom either. He cut them both out. And so she wasn't connected to that side of her family at all. And that also storyline of masks are scary bad people wear masks and it's because we saw the origin story last week mm. where will uh, where uh william reeves is hood of justice yeah. and his son is made afraid of him yeah, yeah. smart yeah. wow I, I like all these things they always do callbacks and that appeals to me and of course writing and comedy totally. so much they always play the part the bomb goes off <sighs> killing Boom. the parents yeah, uh, well, what was really fascinating about that as well is, you know, this this show's had a ton of social commentary across the board, and you're thinking, all right, uh, Vietnam is now a state. Obviously, you're going to have some some people who weren't some all right resistance, with that, some of resistance, course. and the fact that you also got an early sighting of, all right, Angela, even as a kid, is so aware of her surroundings. She saw that coming. She's just so young and didn't really know what to do at the time. But, I mean, she had the instincts to recognize what was going on. And then that awful explosion happens, um, which is why she, you know, that she later becomes a hero. Yeah, it's it's really interesting in that she she points out the person later. And the, and that's her first time, like, bringing someone to justice. So, again, it just plays into her origin of this is what happened to her parents. It's very similar to Batman in that regard and, uh, and bringing them to justice through the police. But she had... This sense of justice within her, and we see this before losing her parents. She wanted to do something in that motif. Tells the grandmother, I'm going to be a police officer. Wants to hear the gunshot to the accuser. Right. She wants to be present for it. She wants to be present. She wants to hear it. She even says, can I hear? Can I listen? And they're like, nah. And then they let her. In, in almost police form vigilante justice. I don't believe there was a judge, jury, and I, just executioner. Yeah. Angela's origin stories lead us to know who she is as a, an adult. We see the word Sister Night. We understand all these things. Oh, so Grandma June mm. comes back in her life. What are your Grandma June thoughts? Cool. For a day. Nice to see where you've been. And I mean, it was nice to get an update and because we, you know, we've been getting pieces of this story and we obviously know where Angela ends up, but we don't know the middle parts. So it was nice to kind of get the connection of what's going on. But she doesn't, she strategically or noticeably doesn't mention Will, Will Reeves. Doesn't mention anything. Like she specifically, specifically, is like, mm, not good. She, talk about she that. changes the subject. Right. She's like, what movie is this? 
I love that one. This is my favorite movie, baby. Don't mess with her. You but... don't want to mess with that motherfucker. Don't like, ask about it. Are you again. allowed to curse to a kid? She. <laughs> that one was like, I don't want to mess with that motherfucker. So like, clearly, what? right, you can read into that. There's some type of falling out that happened there. We'll, there's something that's going on with Will Reeves. Well, that... we know the falling yeah, we already, out. We, yeah, we, we already saw, saw that happen. We saw it happen, but like, there, there's no reconciliation. There's not. I mean, she, she says, took it to the like... <laughs> She basically says, like, you don't exist to me anymore. And sure, we but know we're not... to be very fair, the amount of women that have told me I don't exist to them anymore. It's low-hanging But it never, they never reconciled, which is like, okay, that's, that's pretty, it's, it's a little tragic. And the fact that, you know, this little girl just lost her parents and she's not even going to mention, hey, I'm this, you don't have another family member out there. That's really interesting. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, that, that's really all we kind of learn from that. And that she was also familiar with Sister Knight. But, um, yeah, she just dies. She drops dead. She does drop dead. Find the car. Drop dead behind the car. And no more. But at least we get a lot of memory from nostalgia. And we learn a little bit about how nostalgia works. And how Angela's cure is working. We get an elephant. The elephant in the room. Literally. Let's talk about it. I felt so stupid after I saw the elephant and then they showed the true logo again. I was like, duh, it's a fucking elephant. I, the whole time I thought it was like a rip on like Tesla, but it's an elephant with trunks. Like, well, Some people duh. are making great, great comments in the chat. They're saying elephants are known for having amazing memories. Amazing yeah. memories, yeah. Oh, yeah. So obviously, you know, winking you're up to that. That's really just great writing once again. I'm still like, it was still kind of muddy. I'm wondering if she just put will's memories in the elephant because elephants have great memories so they can they're they're just like big memory hard drives so that will could go do whatever he's doing and they can still do the process Whoa. yeah or i predict that also just, by the way I just want to go oh <laughs> nate predicts i'm also predicting he called that okay <laughs> called it it's it's just a theory i i i saw the connection between the elephant and having great memories but we also learn about uh of course nemodialysis the elephant on the room thing is like is it goes there's many levels to that there's too. going to be a lot of levels especially since it is specifically the logo there has to be something right. specifically intrinsic regarding elephants well even just in this episode like knowing that we i mean i'm assuming true uh she we we she, are assuming she yes. insinuates <laughs> she insinuates that she knows who dr manhattan is and we know who it is we know angela knows who it is. we know now she doesn't say it but she doesn't she, say it but the that, way that she says it makes and it she seem specifically like, says you didn't ask she says dr right. manhattan's been a human and then you I told you ask. that and you didn't ask me yeah you didn't and ask she me. and she also says earlier like are we just going to be honest with each other and so to me, the elephant in the room is also this, like, the whole time that they've been around, like, Triu knows everything. Yeah. Well, she's a genius, and we'll get to that, definitely. But talking about the nemodialysis, those memories have embedded themselves, basically nostalgia as, uh, as a memory has embedded itself into the neural uh, networks, clogging existing pathways and threatening higher cognitive function, which is why it's so dangerous. So it's called recollective infestation. Only remedy for infestation is to call an exterminator. Nemodialysis basically saturates the brain with cerebrospinal fluid provided mm. by a natural host and literally flushes nostalgia from the cortex. Wow. Sure. <laughs> so now we see what Angela is hooked up to, the IV system that she has going on, the injection, which explains it to her, true, mm. that counteraction. And we get beyond, and a prediction that Nate and I made regarding beyond actually being the mother 
The mother. I, yeah, that was a major surprise to me because... Whose, whose memories are you feeding her? Right. Angela thinks she has a one-up on Lady True, and Lady True very plainly says her own. Right. Yeah. So interesting. And the, the possibilities with just that concept, you could do so many different storylines with that. Just putting another person's memories. It, it's really... It's kind of remarkable, uh, but the fact, and it, it's a reason behind why they kind of outlawed it. And um, yeah, I'm I'm really fascinated to see if they kind of go further into that. I mean, we still don't really know the full significance behind that, other than uh, maybe that's a little bit of humanity in Lady True in a weird, odd way, and that she's trying to keep you know her mother around and w- with those memories. Nate, do we have any predictions regarding this? <laughs> Uh, I think that there's going to be more to it than just like the reveal that she's the grandma. I yes, we do she's think she's going to be involved in some way and like what's going on with her plan. Because I think the timing is interesting. If she's a clone, like the clones that Vite has, then why hasn't she just why grown? Like, why, why not just make grown? her make her grandma age, like Original. or at least like adult age? Like yes. so if. If she's just growing naturally, then that makes me think maybe she's different or maybe the timeline is specific, like when she started this. There's just something more to it. But yeah. But Do you think Bian knows that she is a clone? No, I don't think she does. And I think that's why she says that she, when we first see her and she talks about having nightmares about the Vietnam stuff, like she, she doesn't even realize that they're memories. She just thinks she, she's having like nightmares. Dreams. Yeah, dream, very vivid dreams of, of Vietnam. Wow. It makes you think a lot about uh, the similarities between her and Adrian Veidt in that, you know, if Adrian Veidt, would he do something similar to this? This is, I think, the one aspect of her. I think there's a, a lot a more different. going on I saw, with that as I well. saw something right. really cool on Reddit today. Which was? I didn't discover this. Someone else did. If okay. you take So if you take Veidt, right, and you, like, mirror it, no. and you turn the D to an R and the V to a U, it says true. Because we do know something about Adrian Veidt had surgery or something to look different. Mm-hmm. You said that? There was a whole thing about that. There was. There was a thing about Plastic that. Now, surgery. I'm not saying it's Lady True, but that's how the concept of we, our assumption was. That's why he looks the way he looks, which is different from the Adrian Veidt that we thought, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, right, 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 right. right. However, okay, yeah, yeah. that is something where I was like, what if... Well, I, that's that's a... Something. That's right. a theory. That's so What if something? What if something? Uh, because we got a lot of things, and another but she thing also mentions her dad. Lady True, we don't know. Yeah. Exactly. And he says Father. that she says and that he's going to be, be there. It could be Vite. It could be Vite. It seems like all the signs are pointing towards that. That's what I would think as well. But when it comes to things about Lady True that we're wondering, Millennium Clock, what is this? I got no idea. The... <laughs> I could theorize all day, but she's not giving any clues. She's just like, it tells time. Our it's a plan clock. to save humanity. Uh, it's going to go off. We know it's going to go off. When it goes off, I think the Backstreet Boys are going to come out. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. that's the one thing. That's like the ace in back the hole Backstreet's back. All right. Lady True. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but I think it's going to have something to do with Dr. Manhattan. Big time. Thank you for that vague prediction. (laughs) Thank you for that very vague prediction because we learned a lot of things have to do with Dr. Manhattan except for the Manhattan boots that we've been getting these phone calls on and they seem to be going nowhere. Manhattan is no longer on Mars. We know this. Mm -hmm. Lady True knows this. We also know that he does not listen to the calls. Right. And we also know specifically that the Manhattan boots basically go nowhere. They go into what I could only assume is... A type of 
development where she's getting these profiles on people just right. based on what they're calling and praying about <laughs> Dr. Manhattan. Which I think, I mean, that's the thing is now knowing that she, like, earlier we theorized that maybe she does have some connection to Manhattan and that's why she's operating these booths. But obviously she's just operating the booths because it's a smart business decision, I guess. Like, Mark Zuckerberg is so jealous right now. I mean, yeah. talk about gathering data. We don't really know what it's for, but I do think it's going to factor into whatever her, Millennium her Clock plan is. Yeah. It, it answers why that Save car, humanity. Save humanity. It answers why that car dropped when Lori Blake left the message at the end of the episode. I mean, now we know she has those helicopters and everything. So clearly she, she heard that and played into that joke. I don't know if it's clearly... It's definitely it wasn't Manhattan. Well, I actually we, we, we think thought the Manhattan that. dropped true, it, and it, yeah. it wasn't Manhattan. It wasn't Manhattan, but I don't know about clearly. Ooh. Simply because the car was dropped for Angela. Angela was there as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just because they were in different parts of the same location, and I think she was eavesdropping on that phone call. The timing was great, but Angela—that was Angela's car. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a brick. But it also played for Lori's joke. It did. Coincidence, timing. That's I just think destiny. not. <laughs> that is destiny. Yeah. But I will say something about Lori Blake. Agent okay. Blake, like Lady True, who was very aware of many things, Agent Blake went in to meet with Jude and knew a lot of details. Oh, yeah. Yes. Too many details, actually. She knew way too many details as she went in to talk to Jane Crawford. And she spoke <laughs> up. And Jane Crawford came off, really? I don't, is that supposed to mean something to me? And then went straight to pushing the button. Yeah. The button that didn't Trying, work. The trap yeah. door that didn't work at first. Hilarious. Amazing bit. And I love how they, did, they didn't just like kind of move on from that. They go back to, who has a trap door in their living room? So awesome. Uh, yeah, it, it played into a trope we see in like James Bond movies where the villain kind of just... Uh, reveals everything, but immediately presses like some button. Uh, I really love that a lot. But this time the villain didn't. Agent Blake revealed everything, and Jane tried Confirmed to pull it, it off for literally once, yeah. twice. By the third time, she's like, "Yeah, that's true." The button. But Keen does. He basically Keen lays does. out the plan. Keen does try to lay out the yeah. plan. Like just like you said, like it, it even it references <laughs> the comic book itself because in the end, Ozzy says, "Like I'm not gonna sit here and explain to you." Like you think I would tell I'm you? I'm not all a this Bond stuff? villain. Yeah, he says, "Like I'm not." You know. So now seeing this juxtaposed with the trap door, Keen explaining the plan, and also her specifically saying like who has a trap door, to me this screams Seventh Cavalry are that Bond villain, which means their plan's gonna fail. I think something's still gonna happen from it, but I think their plan's gonna fail. Which makes me think the real bad guy has to be Lady True and Reeves. And so whatever they're up to, this whole saving humanity thing, now I'm like... Everyone who tries eh. to save humanity condemns humanity. The path to hell is paved with good intentions. When it comes to Agent Blake, were you surprised that Agent Blake was able to make so many connections with so few clues? No. Few? I think she had quite a bit of clues. Especially just... She's putting it all together with... uh, she, she's listening to every phone call, all these conversations. She became aware of Cyclops uh, after talking with Angela and hearing her, you know, talking her sleep. And I think, yeah, just learning about the the white robe in Don Johnson's closet or Judd Crawford's closet. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I, I really it just shows how great a detective she is. I didn't think any of it was too far fetched. I think she had just the right amount of clues and putting it all together there with Keen. 
Um, I thought the most telling line was him saying, like, we're not white supremacists. We just want to restore things back to the way they were. It's too hard to be a white man in America. It was just so, oh, my gosh. You I'm sure you could feel and sympathize with that. Ryan, no. my question for you is. Yeah. Oh, boy. My question for you is, okay. what is the 7th Cavalry plan? What is their overall plan? I think I think it's to convert as many people as possible, just like they did with Looking Glass. He says he says the plan. The plan is to turn them into Doctor Manhattan. So either just Keen or as many as they can. So I'm guessing the plan is to use those type of portal things to try and capture Doctor Manhattan. Maybe it's a big and clock and turn him into. I just don't buy that they're on the same side. You don't think that Lady True might be using them? To make them think, well, oh, we're going to get Dr. Manhattan's powers, I mean, but she maybe. has another agenda. That definitely, That's kind of I, I mean, everything's possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until I, until we know for sure that it's not, it, that, I mean, right. it's definitely possible. She, they do have the tech, but the, I think that they're The octopus is it. really running everything. Right? This, yeah. Yeah. this whole time, the octopus has been in the ocean. I mean, the octopus is psychic. <laughs> Controlling people's minds. So we are not sure what the 7th Calvary plan is, but we're assuming... It's to convert people into Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Well, he says, I want to be blue. That's basically. what they want to do. Yeah. But we don't know exactly the extent and what they're going to do with it once it happens. They want to restore this balance to white America, make America great again. That's what you, yeah, I think that's what his goal is. Making white America great again. Great again. So we get that, and we get the 7th Cavalry plan. Or at least what we think is their plan. Right. We get Lady True, and what we don't know is her plan or why. They all tie in together. How does Adrian's trial tie in to any of this? This was the most... It's funny, we get these little excerpts every episode, and this was the weirdest one. It just didn't really... It was one scene, and it was the trial. And I thought it was funny. The fart, like, how does he plea? Um, I think what was interesting this time around was there wasn't really a major passage of time. So uh, it, they say that it's, this is the 365th day of the trial. Yes. What, it's what, a what, year. In the past, we have theorized that, you know, it was just like a few years behind. And now it's like, I think we're really not even on the same oh, wavelength yeah. with they're time. On, we have no on, idea when this is taking place. Yeah. Like this could have been a decade ago. Like we really don't know how long ago this is in relation to Tulsa so that's what was kind of running through my mind I thought we were really entering like a meetup point and I I'm now convinced that that's not the case I don't think that they're going to intersect yep that's what I thought as soon as we saw the second cake I had a feeling that we're seeing him on a separate timeline and then at some point he's gonna just be in the rest of the story and it'll be like oh cool now we know how you got here Um, the thing about the cake is like They've said lines like he went missing, what well, I think was three or four years ago, and now we've passed that many years. So I just don't think I, I'm not even convinced. I was convinced with the cakes that they were going to intersect. I'm just not now because so much time has passed. And I, it looks like he's sentenced to, to he's so, sentenced. Yeah, he's not going to get I out mean, of this. You have to remember, he has a lot of time. There's a lot of time for him. To There's a for, ton of even time within. So even so, like he, it, it, the newspaper clipping says he went missing in 2012, right? Right. So if each episode has been a year, that's seven years. 
So if so you he still think it can so, intersect, I still think it can. I think this is the last year. The way the way this scene to me is incredibly interesting because there's a lot of deep metaphors and analogies that are going on, but overall in its whole, it's just kind of silly and right. seems nonsensical. So if you're not looking really deep at it, like the pigs, which are like a utilitarian <sighs> metaphor, and like there's a lot of things, just like the 365 dialogue thing, like. Yeah. Yeah, of course he stands up and farts because he's been on trial for three. He's been on trial for a year. So to me, I read that scene as he's waiting for whoever got his message from the satellite. It takes however long it takes to get to Europa. He's just enduring this trial because that's just what it is. He doesn't have a choice. A ton of people in the chat are theorizing that that statue on Lady True's property is him. They've cut t- two times now. Two times they have cut literally straight to it from him and. He's currently wearing that outfit, and he looks just like that. It's a good point. Just like so, it to the point where it seemed, in a almost way, that like was he was frozen. inside. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't think he's inside it right Ooh. now. Not to say that when he gets saved and crash landed, that maybe he got stuck in that on the way or something. Or I don't know. I don't know. But he might be in there. He could be that statue. Well, one thing we do know is that Cal is Doctor Manhattan. Cal is Dr. Manhattan. Huge reveal, huge plot twist. Great to see happen. If you shake your head like that again, Nate, we're going to have to fight. I was just saying, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan is Cal. Just because we predicted it doesn't mean... But also, Cal is Dr. Manhattan. Yes. Uh, but Cal's not really anything. Cal is a shell. Cal is, is an amazing we, husband, an amazing father. He's too an perfect. Amazing he was is always he too perfect. Knew he was too perfect. He was too good. All I right? knew this. He had to have some kind of flaw. The car crash was not real. He does not have complete amnesia. Very rare, by the way. Except I, in soap operas. I love that they threw that in there. That was great. Uh, but yeah, let's let's unpack that a little. So it sounded like he... So he had amnesia. He wasn't fully aware. When Angela's taking the hammer to his head, she is trying to convince what we think is Cal. She breaks something out of Cal. She breaks out this ring. The It's very similar to the the atom represented it on looks like his logo, yeah. Dr. Mm-hmm. Manhattan's forehead. What is that ring? It's also the seven- an, an inhibitor, I guess. Maybe made of tachyons to... To kind of keep him from being himself, so he can pretend to be Cal. That's what I would guess. It seems like we're going to get some type of thing next week where he. You know, Doctor Manhattan it. likes girls. Can we throw that out there? <laughs> I mean, he he's, does like girls. He does. He does. That's like the girls. one human thing about him. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. No, it really is. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what Damon has come up with as to the reason why. It, it's played out this way. I actually think it's because being human is the most unique experience in the cosmos. It, I think also it he's just is. like he's really fucking sad in the books. Like the, all this knowledge of, of flat time and like the way things are and the way things are made and like yes, it do, it doesn't make him happy. They he say doesn't enjoy this. Bliss he for said a reason. It, but it's several it's, times it's the relationships that, that keep him human my big thing is this like i know we were joking about these predictions and if do we call it or not i think this is one of the biggest twists in tv of this decade like the amount of people that did not see this coming social media was all over this people were losing their minds nate and i everyone else was very shocked (laughs) there was a lot of twists Okay. There was a, a lot, lot of clues. A lot. There were a lot of clues. I thought he's so always too. wearing blue. He's, he's always, always wearing, wearing driving blue. blue car. He's got a blue car. Lori's dildo <laughs> is called Excalibur. X X. X- and Lori specifically A bar. 
Let's let's also <laughs> not forget how Lori. It was right there. Keeps saying your husband's so hot. And she that's, does. That's wow. uh, she compares him to Doctor Manhattan in the car. Yeah. It's it's really Look, I'm great. Saying, there are there are a, there lot, were a of, lot of clues. That's how we predicted it to begin with. Yeah. Let's get to our special segment: buy or sell. This is the segment where there's an aspect of the show that you are either buying. Wow, that was so awesome, or selling. Man, I think that could have been better. I'll go first. <laughs> I am selling that heart attack, man. What a convenient heart attack. Where hey, I'm your grandmother. <laughs> I'm sure there was nothing convenient for Grandma June. Yes. It was not convenient at all. She's like, yeah, hey, just fasten your seatbelt, honey. Goes around in the car, and we just see her drop like a fly in the rearview mirror. What are you buying? I, I am buying. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm buying this ultimate twist. I think this is the biggest twist in TV of the decade. This was huge. Nate Miller. Uh, I'm Miller buying that. Keen just gives his whole plan up, and like a supervillain, and uses trapdoors. Uh, I am selling two things. I'm selling the tutorial injection from the memory place that was some bullshit if there if you could just induce oh. people out of consciousness and like project images into their brain and then wake them up like that would be that would, would be the show would be about because that's really that's really strong two uh i don't even remember but i'm over it now okay, okay. well i'm buying the elephant nice i thought that was great yeah that was really smart the trunk i am and i'm selling i'm selling Angela not being affected by this orphanage where she was just calm. I, yeah, I think she should time. have been way more excited that Grandma was here to take her home. <laughs> like, she should have been like, oh, Grandma, they have me cleaning the floor. Please, take Please. me. Yeah. I'm selling. She also, know her grandma, oddly yeah. calm when she, when she died. Grandma. Just like, well, I could see her being calm. At this point, she's seen her parents get blown up amongst a group of people. So I understand that sentiment. However... I just feel like she should have been a little more excited. Mm. Um, I remembered. I'm selling the Manhattan Globe. <laughs> it just it just happens to play conveniently the clip at the right time. Mm. Like, there's how do you interface with this thing? How many memories does it save? You mm. just press Tulsa and then it like and it just starts playing. That's how it works. Like That's how it works. Let's get into some news and gossip, shall we? Afterbuzz TV news. So we have a couple pieces of news and gossip. The first one is actually one of my favorite. Is which we realized that. Watchmen mm-hmm. is a TV ratings hit because of word of mouth. Variety actually reports on this, explaining the situation where people are going out of their way to give Watchmen low ratings mm. on Rotten Tomato sites and critic sites, and yet it's still a huge hit because, of course, people have been talking. Yes, the streets are talking and making it extremely popular, and that is one of the huge Reasons why 1.2 million viewers tuned in as it was played live, let alone its streaming numbers. We did it, y'all. Live plus same-day ratings are in the top premieres of HBO. We did That's always great. In other news, CBR.com, our good friends there, did an entire article where Watchmen reveals the secret link between Batman and Sister Knight. Now, you're going to want to watch this as a... Uh, you're going to want to read this. It has a lot of good spoilers, but if you've been watching the show, you're up to date. And it explains how Batman and Sister Knight are actually connected. Ooh. And that is a great read, especially after this week's episode. So make sure to check that out. Let's get into some predictions, shall we? Yes. We Your After Buzz TV predictions. Nate Miller and I have a couple predictions. Nate, would you like to <laughs> let them know what uh, we are thinking? Um, all right. Here we go. Let's I think... Go. Lady True bought everyone in the town TVs, and the Millennium Clock is going to do something with the 
the mind control technology that Will had via the TVs that are now in the whole town to do something to the people. I don't know. I'm thinking something with trauma and memories. Um, maybe the wishes to Dr. Manhattan come into play. I'm not sure how that would happen. Um, but yeah, she's up to something bad and it's going to be through that. It probably, I'm guessing it's going to be part of the American hero story thing. Like when the finale airs, cause I, it's been like in show, it's a big hit. People like it. So I think something to do that. Nice. That's what we think. Ryan, what do you think? <laughs> I predict the clock is going to go off and it is going to turn everyone blue. I'm blue. Well, that's all we have for right. the show this week. However, we have much more. Where can people find you if you want to be found? Nate Miller. You can find me and all the right predictions at Dog Like Nate. And Ryan Nilsson. And you can find me at Ryan Nilsson, N-I-L-S-E-N, and at Ryan Nilsson underscore on Instagram. Thank you so much for everyone in the chat. 150 people in the chat. Please hit that like button. We only got 25 likes. There's 150 people in the chat. Hit that like button. Go on iTunes. Give us a review. I'll read your review on air next week. And, of course, you can find me apologizing to my grandmother, my mother, my aunt, my cousin, who Nate called a gigolo, and to Watchmen for calling it a sequel. Or find me online at I am Tehran all across the board, I-A-M-T-E-H-R-A-N. And, of course, hosting and paneling on a slew of other After Buzz after shows because all of your favorite TV shows are my favorite TV shows, too. Until next week! And me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.